leadership science bringing a little science into leadership and management hello there this is shivakami and here is my next podcast on leadership science in these podcasts i try and bust workplace myths and misconceptions one at a time using facts and research findings today i am continuing with the myths and misconceptions regarding diversity and inclusion in the workplace here is misconception number 2 and again it is something you may have heard many times and you may even share the same opinion this is how it goes i think it's a great idea to have women and ethnic minorities in the workplace but what can you do if they are just not good enough for the job isn't it wrong to force managers to have poorly performing employees in their teams this misconception or myth assumes that the politically correct drive to increase diversity in the workplace is not really founded on merit because of the belief that women and ethnic minorities are not as good as the majority workforce there are two aspects to this myth or misconception the first is of course the fact that ethnic minorities and women have been underrepresented in the workforce for a long time even if they have been present it has been in staff roles and not business line roles so as they start getting more and more into line roles and more senior positions it will take them some time to get familiar with things before they become really good at what they do this unfamiliarity and learning curve will take some time and that does not signify incompetence the second and more important aspect to this myth is that most if not all discrimination happens subconsciously it's not intentional or deliberate it happens quickly and automatically and the bias against accepting gender and ethnic diversity exists irrespective of merit and that is what the research reveals let me go through some of the studies which reveal this In 2004, Marianne Bertrand and Sindil Mullainathan conducted a study where they responded to 1300 employment advertisements in the sales, administrative support, clerical and customer service job categories. They sent out nearly 5000 resumes in Chicago and Boston. The ads covered a large spectrum of job roles. from cashier work at retail establishments and clerical work in a mail room to office and sales management positions the team sent out two groups of identical resumes one group was assigned african american sounding names like lakisha or jamal and the other group was assigned white or caucasian sounding names like brendan or emily The study revealed that those resumes that had white or caucasian sounding names 
got 50 to 60 percent more callbacks than those with African-American sounding names. Now remember, these were identical resumes. The study also measured the effect of improving the quality of these resumes on the rates of callback for each group. The resumes were improved by including more skills and credentials. For white or Caucasian names, higher quality resumes received 30% more callbacks. But there was no significant difference at all in callbacks for African-American names, even after improving the quality of their resumes. Their callback rates remained 50-60% to 60 lower than those for Caucasian name candidates. There was no difference in merit here. They were identical resumes and yet the callback rates varied significantly based on ethnicity and race. There has been a lot of focus on encouraging women to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering and math, the STEM fields. A 2014 study done by Columbia Business School in collaboration with Kellogg School of Management attempted to analyze what happened during the hiring decisions for STEM positions. The research team designed a study in which about 150 participants in the role of job candidates were evaluated for hiring. Around 200 other subjects in the role of hiring managers were to decide whether or not to hire a particular candidate to perform a math task. The candidate participants were first asked to perform a math assignment, which was very similar to the one they would be hired for and given their scores. Several studies have revealed that this type of math task is performed equally well by men and women and that there is no significant difference in the results at all between the two groups. And that was the same this time as well. After the math assignment, the hiring experiment began. It was done with both female and male candidates and female and male hiring managers. During the first stage, the hiring managers did not know the scores of the candidates. So when the managers had no other information other than the candidate's gender, they were twice as likely to hire the man than the woman. That is probably because they wrongly and subconsciously believed that men are more talented in science and math. This bias often led to them hiring the less capable job seeker because it was the man. And both male and female hiring managers made the same mistake. Now in stage 2 of the experiment, the hiring manager was actually informed about the candidate's scores in the math task earlier. But even after that, women were still only half as likely to be hired as men. So knowing the scores made pretty much no difference at all. Again, there was no difference in merit or performance here and yet there was subconscious discrimination that was distinct. The capability of the candidates 
did not seem to matter at all. Another example is the famous Nexion study done in 2014. Nexions is a professional leadership training, coaching and consulting firm which conducted a study working with several law firms. They chose 60 subjects, partners from 22 different law firms, a mix of men and women, Caucasian and racial and ethnic minorities. A fictitious legal memo supposedly drafted by a third-year litigation intern was distributed to the 60 partners, the 60 subjects of the experiment. The research group had deliberately inserted 22 minor and not-so-minor errors into the memo. Half of the partners were told that the associate or intern preparing the memo was African-American and the other half were told that the associate preparing the memo was Caucasian. What do you think the results were? Those who were told the memo was prepared by an African-American found it to be of poor overall quality and with too many spelling, technical and factual errors. And those told that the memo was from a Caucasian intern found it to be of much better quality with fewer errors. The exact same memo averaged a rating of only 3.2 out of 5 when it was said to be written by an African-American but a rating of 4.1 out of 5 when it was specified as being written by a Caucasian. There was also a huge difference in the quality of comments for the two groups, again for the very same memo. The Caucasian candidate was described as having potential and good analytical skills, but the African-American was described as average and needing a lot of work. Two very different sets of comments for the very same memo with the very same mistakes. Just knowing that the person who prepared the memo was African American or Caucasian caused people's subconscious bias to kick in, the bias or stereotype that African Americans could not produce a good quality memo. Remember, the group tested was a diverse one itself, so the bias seems to be widespread and not just limited to one group. African Americans themselves might subconsciously believe that an African American intern is likely to produce a bad quality memo. Such is the power of subconscious bias and stereotypes, and it has nothing to do with the capabilities, skills or merit of the people involved. So the next time someone tells you that the reason women and ethnic minorities don't get hired or promoted much is because they are not good enough, I hope you will respond accordingly and expose that myth. Music